other than himself. Mr. Amos Westrop Gibbings, a very wealthy young gentleman of independent means, had hired for this particular private soiree the whole first floor, that is, a large central room with much smaller rooms leading off it, of Porterbury's Hotel in Wellington Street, just off the Strand. A few particular friends, he had said to Mr. Porterbury some weeks earlier, Perhaps thirty. Let us cheer up these chilly days with beauty and pleasure. Music, entertainment, supper, etc., 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 the etc. to include the best champagne. I shall also expect to pay for all extra accoutrements, of course. And now, tonight, a clock in the distance striking ten, they waited at the top of the first floor staircase, Mr. Gibbings and Mr. Porterbury, the proprietor, almost as if they were a couple, for although Mr. Porterbury was attired in his best gentleman's evening wear, Mr. Amos Gibbings was dressed in a mauve gown with pearls. There were fires burning for warmth. Everything looked beautiful. Large baskets of flowers scented the already heady room. Straight-backed gilt chairs lined the wall, as was the custom at soirees. Bowls of fruit and little plates of breath-enhancing pastilles stood on small tables, and the chandeliers threw soft shadows across the floor, embracing the visitors with that warm, flattering glow. The musicians were already playing a cheeky polka, and many guests in their colourful evening gowns and sober dress suits had already arrived. Excitement mounted as the room filled. And Mr. Porterbury, the proprietor, smiled and smiled and rubbed his hands together slightly, for Mr. Gibbings was a valued customer and money had already changed hands, and it was clear that more than thirty guests had already entered the large room, therefore more money would be changing hands at a later date. Despite the extra guests, it appeared to be a most respectably patronised occasion. A member of Parliament and a member of the judiciary arrived together, followed by two members of the clergy. All were immediately served champagne by the handsome young waiters, who looked so fine in their smart jackets and very well-fitting trousers. Excitement and laughter rose as the orchestra played camptown races with much panache, and champagne glasses were generously refilled. Already, ladies and gentlemen leaned nearer and nearer to one another, waving dance programmes. Ladies, gentlemen, sometimes it was hard to tell. An interesting guest list, murmured Mr. Porterbury urbanely, observing them all. "'Indeed,' said Mr. Gibbings, as he smiled and waved. "'Several young gentlemen from St. James's, of course, "'and, as you know, the Prince of Wales himself "'has occasionally honoured us with his presence.' "'Mr. Porterbury's jowls quivered. "'Will he come this evening? "'I expect he's being very careful of his whereabouts just at the moment, "'considering the newspaper coverage of the mordant divorce case.' "'They both laughed.' Mr. Porterbury, taller, suddenly nudged Mr. Gibbings. However, several attractive ladies from St. John's Wood are ascending the stairs, Mr. Gibbings, if I am not mistaken, and he smiled knowingly, St. John's Wood being an area where high class, but not necessarily entirely respectable ladies were known to dwell. Mr. Gibbings stepped forward.
Alice, how utterly delightful to see you, my dear. So glad you have honoured us with your presence. Oh, Amos, I was whisked here by some gentlemen friends, and I have whisked also my little niece, Nancy Bell.